Sacramento Startups Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jeff Bennett, and today I'm with uh, Jocelyn Monroe, who is the founder of eHandoff. And uh, Jocelyn was a recent winner of a, a pitch competition that we did, the Startup Sack warm-up pitch. So welcome. Thanks for taking the time, and uh, let's find out a little bit about you. Yeah, my pleasure, Jeff, and uh, thank you so much for putting this together. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I'm the founder and CEO of eHandoff, and I started the company and in, incorporated in 2012, but we actually had our first customer in 2011. Hmm. I got the idea to write the software when I actually had been working as a kind of an analyst at UC Davis, hmm. and a resident physician came up to me and asked me, um, hey, can you modify this uh, patient sign-out software to work for a neurologist? It was only um, set up to work for a family medicine resident. And I said, I'm sure. And I hard-coded a few things in. And um, and then I went to my bosses and I said, um, geez, I'd really like to make this customizable for any discipline. And they said, you know, that's a really great idea. Um, unfortunately, we don't have the scope to let you do that right now. So I quit that job and I uh, actually started a publishing company. I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur. And um, in my spare time, I rewrote that system and I made it so that it could be used by any kind of doctor or nurse and it would match their workflow. And I started selling it. First client in 2011, we incorporated in uh, 2012. And now we sell it to hospitals all over the U.S. So you, you were a programmer. I was a programmer, okay. right. Okay, yeah. and so you were actually approached by a pro, someone with, who actually had a, a real-world problem they needed help with. That's correct. It was a resident physician, and I just looked at them. I thought, oh, my God, there's so many different kinds of doctors, and they all do completely different things. I mean, they take care of people, mm-hmm. but there's so many different kinds of patients and illnesses, and they need a system just to be able to do that transfer of care when they're turning over a shift, when they're turning over this really critically ill patient information to the team that's coming in. They need to be able to get the team up to speed. Well, if they can only track 14 things, it's not gonna, that system doesn't serve them. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit more about that real world problem. What is, what is the problem that, um, um, that basically your startup e-handoff is, mm-hmm. is, is solving um, in terms of the, the, the people that are having the problem, the customers, and, and the impact of that problem. Yeah, well, so um, communication in medical uh, in the medical communicate in the medical world is a big problem, and communication errors happen when people are changing shifts or when they're moving patients around from one place to another. If you think about that old game of telephone that we used to play when we were kids, you know, one kid at one end will start and say a phrase, and but by the time it gets to the tenth kid, the phrase is completely unintelligible. Well, that happens in healthcare all the time. There's a team going out and there's a team coming Mm -hmm. in. And to transfer this really sophisticated medical knowledge and data about a patient, things fall through the cracks all the time. There is a very large medical insurance company, malpractice insurer called Crico. They estimate that um, up to 30% of malpractice claims are caused by communication errors. And so we um, fill, kind of, we help fix that problem. But isn't that, is that, how does that differ from electronic EMRs, electronic medical Sure. Records? And EMRs are great, right? And they're huge. And they cut, they will make appointments, they'll do billing, mm-hmm. they'll record MRIs and x rays. But to give, but they're also very bulky and unwieldy. Mm-hmm. And so to get just a list of 
maybe I'm a resident physician and I'm, I'm responsible for 40 patients at once. And to just get a list of just the things I need to tell the team coming in about what to watch for on the next shift is almost impossible in an EMR. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get in and out fast enough. So we work in tangent with EMRs. Okay. So you must have had some experience working in this realm. Um, so you were, uh, you know, you had the experience, you had the, the programming experience. How, how was that progression from that one nurse that came to you and you helped her out to, to developing that full suite of functionality that you had initially? Something just clicked in my head. It, it was that simple. This guy said, you know, I'm a neurologist. I want this to work for me as a neurologist. <laughs> and I just thought, wow, it would just be really easy to let them do whatever they wanted. Like there would be one basic system to track things, but they could pick and choose the different things they wanted to track. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just like a light bulb went off in my head and I spent years developing the software. So how long did that take? It took about three years because mm-hmm. I was doing it part time. I had okay. another company. It was a side gig. It was a side gig. Okay. But I just thought this would be so useful. It's so necessary. I understood the importance of it. And I really wanted to do something for healthcare, and um, it does mean a lot to me. And, and the reason is, is because when um, I was actually a student at Berkeley, and um, I was married, and we had a, a baby, and our baby was born with a, a liver defect, and unfortunately, and it's so sad, but he died six uh-huh. months later um, because he got a liver transplant and it didn't work. It was when the technology was really new, and it was very difficult for us and it was confusing too and I don't think he died because there was a communication error although it could have been we never really found Mm -hmm. out but because of that experience um, I have technical skills I got knowledge of security and when I saw this opportunity to make healthcare better and safer for patients it just clicked in me and I just couldn't let it go Mm Um, and so in some way, I hope to make his death, you know, mean something. That was the inspiration of the motivation. It, it was the motivation for sure. Absolutely. So how long did it take from the point, you know, you, you, you built this, it was a side gig. Um, how long did it take from when it, to become a full-time gig for you where you said, okay, mm-hmm. this is working. I've got to devote all, all my full-time to this now. It took about five years. Wow. Yeah. Um, four to five years. And I did, um, you know, I had a publishing company And then um, I actually took a job with the county, Mm -hmm. working full-time as a programmer and doing this on the side. And then I just got enough clients where it was a big leap because I was going to lose all my benefits Mm -hmm. and all of that stability. And I just thought, I'm going to go for it. And I've never regretted that Mm -hmm. decision. So it's classic bootstrapping. I mean, you were paying for your startup to get funded by working during the day. That's correct. It was all self-funded. We've never received a penny of funding. And um, we are completely bootstrapped. Awesome. And so where, where are you at right now as far as, you know, you know how many customers, are your revenue positive, I think? We are. Um, mm-hmm. So where, where are you at now and where do you hope to be in the next year or five years? Sure. So um, we have about 25, 30, actually it's 30 hospitals mm-hmm. that use us and some of them are really large. So we have thousands of um, users, mm-hmm. mostly resident physicians, but also attendings, nurses, um, even billing people use our system. Um, 
And we focus right now only on it's uh, clinical to clinical. Mm -hmm. So doctors to doctors or nurses or other clinical people. Where we see ourselves, though, is opening up our system to families Uh and patients because that need is also extremely critical. When a patient is discharged from a hospital and then they have to go home and family members have to take care of them and communicate Mm -hmm. with each other, that is also ripe for communication errors. And so that's where we're going to be in the near future. Is, is there any, are there any issues with security that with that or the doctors and the medical staff going to have issues with that? Well, the good thing about our system and well, my background um, is in healthcare tech, but I actually, my very first programming job was at a bank uh-huh. and there's no better place to learn about uh, security uh-huh. than at a bank. Okay. They security banks have the best financial institutions have the best security anywhere. Uh-huh. And so I got a very, very terrific grounding in how to keep things safe and secure, and it's just like been baked into me. So our system is very, very secure, and we do all sorts of things like penetration testing, and we um, check our code, and we uh, follow best practices to make sure that it's pretty much as tight as Fort Knox. So you're saying we. So when did you um, when did you bring start bringing people on, and how big are you now? Sure. So we have um, five employees, and uh, I hired my first employee back in 2012. And about three years ago, I was fortunate to get a completely great developer um, who's a brilliant guy, Cheyenne. And um, so we've just been adding on people mm-hmm. little by little. Mm-hmm. And so now we're just at a point where we have um, five, and we occasionally will use um, consultants, mm-hmm. um, but they never get access to our system. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we'll use code consultants um, for very small pieces just of things. adding to your team as you slowly grow. That's so. it. We're very organic. Okay. Yes. So um, what are some key lessons learned? I mean, this is kind of a, a long journey you've had, what are some of the lessons you've learned about this journey that you might be able to share with some other startup founders out there? Um, Yeah, never give up. You have to be extremely persistent. And, um, you know, there you will have ups and downs. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you, we've had great highs. We've gotten big contracts, which have been fantastic. And then um, you also have lows where either, you know, a system goes down that you were relying on or you lose a client to a competitor. So you just have to hang in there. And it's a roller coaster, right? Everyone I talk to says it's a roller roller coaster. coaster. And you have to just be able to kind of stay balanced. Uh How do you do that? That's a a common theme that, um, you know, talking with other startup founders, how do you manage that emotional roller coaster, the, the great highs and the, and the really low lows? How do you stay yeah. focused and, and not just totally burn out? Well, I mean, for me, um, I walk 15,000 steps every day. Mm-hmm. I have a Fitbit. Good, good and, job. Um, yeah, today is not great. But I'm so happy I, if I get 10,000. No, it's hard. And so I, I, every day I usually walk to the post office and I make the time. You just have to make uh-huh. that time. Um, we try to have fun too. Uh-huh. And I think we're really lucky to be in healthcare because um, we have a larger purpose. And I think that purpose keeps us going. Mm -hmm. That motivation, we are making lives better. We are making doctors' lives better. Ultimately, we're improving patients' lives. We're helping keeping patients alive. It feels really good to work in an industry where you can have that kind of impact. It Mm -hmm. motivates me all the time. They're almost like our friends. 
you know, we try and treat our clients like our friends um, and understand what they're going through. So staying on this roller coaster theme, um, those low lows, how do you get past, how have you, maybe explain how you overcame a, a big challenge that you had at some point and so that others can learn from that. Yeah. Um, sure. Um, I think you always have to bring your team in and brainstorm. So we did, um, we found that we were losing, um, a hospital that we had, they'd been our client for a really long time and, um, we kept working and working, but, um, they actually wrote their own software. And so they really just didn't need us anymore. They basically replaced you with software. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we kept a few of them, but, um, what we realized is you can't put all your eggs in one basket. Mm. And, and the fact that that was such a big hit, it felt like such a big hit. We had to take a step back and realize this is not the end of the world. We can get other clients. We can do other products. And we just have to, you know, map it out. So don't rely on just one client. Yeah, you definitely can't rely on just one client. And it teaches you then, okay, to avoid this in the future, we're going to spread ourselves out, um, go to different... Diversify, right. And so we actually do. We have other products now mm-hmm. okay. that we sell, that um, and that revenue um, is going mm-hmm. up as well. All right, so... But not get hit. Even if it seems like it's the end of the world, it never is. Yeah. And something else always happens. And oh, you just have a to, big high. Yeah, and you just have to be nimble enough mm-hmm. um, to be able to deal with it. Okay, so maybe talk about, relate one of your, you know, one of those great experiences you guys have. What's, what are, what's one of the big wins you've had? Yeah, so we had a terrific win last year. Um, there is a huge electronic medical record system that is called Epic, and a lot of people mm-hmm. haven't heard of it, but it's one of the biggest companies um, in the U.S., and they have probably 50% of the market share for that um, for, for electronic mm-hmm. medical records. They recently opened up an app store, and we applied to become part of their app store, and they have a very rigorous um, admission review process, and we made it in. Mm. And and so now we're in that app store, and it's just been uh, – it, it was such a significant achievement to us, and it really – kind of put us above um, our competitors. That opened up sales opportunities for you? It, we're still working on that. Um, we've gotten a lot of interest. The hospital sales cycle is extremely slow. <laughs> um, and so we are working with some very large systems right now. And I can't say their names, but they're really large. And um, and so we're in the process of closing those deals. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So as I alluded to earlier, um, last year Startup Sack, uh, we put on our first ever uh, warm up pitch competition, is what we called it. It's basically the idea was to give startups who who haven't pitched for investment funds yet an opportunity to practice and learn the ropes. And you uh, you were one of the people that we participate or selected to participate in it, and you actually won it. So right. tell us a little bit about um, how that experience was for you, how that helped, if it helped, um, not just the competition, but the, 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 the workshop beforehand and the judges' feedback afterwards. That whole process has completely changed my business life and our business. I mean, it has been just stunning. And I... I just kind of um, applied to it, not thinking that I'd get selected to pitch, and that was great. And then knowing that I had to pitch made me rethink my business, how to present it. Um, and then winning, it came with um, some prizes. 
the best thing that we got out of it, though, I mean, the whole experience was fantastic, and thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the best thing was that we got access to some really high-level advisors. At that competition, as you know, there were like 20 angel investors. Yeah. And to hear their feedback, and honestly, the negative feedback is better than the positive feedback, mm-hmm. but to hear their feedback has just opened doors for us. Mm-hmm. We're looking at things different. We have access to experts who know our business or our um, market, let's say, inside and out, and they are able to help guide us through all sorts of weeds that otherwise would have taken too much time. So that opened up some relationships with some, some mentors. Yes. Yes. I, I have email relationships and I've met personally separately here in the office with three different of those angel investors. Yeah. And there I can call them up. I can email them. They, they are just great. And we also, because of that pitch got invited to be part of the tech futures group. And that is yet right. And we're part of their, stable now and we have yet another set of advisors and th- these are high level people you know professor level people industry you know champions and to be able to get access to those people I, I would never have ever gotten it without sex startup and and that's the main thing that we wanted to do with this is, is give people access to those resources as well as give them practice um, presenting. Um, so that whole network that we have here in, in the startup here in Sacramento, this whole community of people helping each other out, that, that plays a critical role, I think, in the success of startups. Um, so segueing to that, what talk a little bit about the, the startup ecosystem here in the Sacramento area. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you started in Davis, you're in, in Sacramento mm-hmm. now. Besides this competition, what kind of help and, and support and, and mentorship have you gotten over the years here and how what do you think about the startup ecosystem here? I, I just wish I had known about it a lot sooner and taken advantage of it because I think we have, would have been further along actually than we even are now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really didn't know all of the resources that were available, but like you guys put on a workshop um, with Moss Adams, which is a, um, a big um, accounting <laughs> firm. And I went to one of those and I just learned all sorts of things about running a business and looking at it from those financial aspects and legal aspects, which is really important. Um, and that it was totally free and it was great advice. I got to meet other entrepreneurs who are having the same kind of issues that I am and talk with them, which was also great. Um, I honestly didn't know all of the resources that were available. I don't know how I missed it, but um, well, I think so many so many startup founders are just so focused on on their task at hand. Right. They 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 forget or just don't think they have time to go out and interface with other other. Founders. You know, I think you really put your um, finger on the nub of it, and that's you're right. I was so focused on just um, my day to day business tasks that I wasn't thinking about getting help that I really needed. And now I'm getting that and it's just giving me a leg up, you know, in so many ways. And so I think maybe, you know, if other people are in that situation, reach out sooner, you know, look around for researchers. There's, there's so many resources around and people want to help. I mean, it's um, really been stunning. Fantastic. So what's next? Um, you've, you've got some new products you're working on, I think you said. You've got some, you know, you're plugged into the mentorship um, network here now. What's what's next coming up for you in 2019? Well, so, I mean, healthcare tech lags behind every other um, sort of technology infrastructure 
um, you know, retail and um, social networks and banking, finance, even real estate, they're all um, heads and tails ahead of what healthcare tech is. It's just the nature of the beast. It's very complicated and it just, it falls behind. So we are trying to always be on the cutting edge of health ter- healthcare tech. So we are doing um, this new technology called fast healthcare interoperability. And it kind of uses similar technology to like what Facebook does where you can, um, there's APIs that um, make it really easy to share data in a very secure way. So we are spending a lot of um, R&D time working on that because we think that's where everything's going to go. Is that blockchain-centric? Um, it's not, but we are looking at blockchain, mm-hmm. too. It, blockchain is still a ways from being, you know, like, commercially viable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because, too slow? Is that the problem? It's not that it's too slow. It, it's just that to get, like, a big electronic medical record system to adopt it, they have to change all of their systems. Oh, right. And so those things are so sticky and they're like elephants. It's just hard to get mm-hmm. that done. I think it has great um, potential, though, mm-hmm. and will really help the end consumer of um, healthcare. And so we are absolutely, you know, looking at that and keeping abreast of all of the developments in that. Telehealth is another thing. We, um, you know, where you can actually use your phone to talk face to face, real time mm-hmm. video with um, your doctor and or doctors to doctors mm-hmm. and so we have an active project going on with that as well so you're you're probably you're pretty immersed in the health tech scene right yeah what are your predictions for health tech in the next year or two uh, where do you think you see more prevalence of telehealth um, absolutely about wearables uh, implantables um, I know right we're all pretty soon gonna have little barcodes or you know chips yeah. in us no I hope not <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but I think everything is going to um, making things easier to adopt I think there's a lot of potential for AI um, you know we see Alexa everywhere I mean Amazon, you know, the lots of things and um, uh, anything that can make it easier to get the information that you need without you having to do a lot. Um, and so that's AI. I think that's going to be huge. Um, yeah, absolutely. So and we're also looking at we do we're designing systems that have um, bots that will just go out and do things automatically. Interesting. So wrapping up here. Um, any last words of advice, inspiration, encouragement for other startup founders out there? Um, I would just say never give up. Uh-huh. Um, repeating that one. Okay. Yeah. Um, you have to know your client. Mm-hmm. So always um, be really close to your clients. And um, we are on a first-name basis with a lot of our clients. And doctors are a little hard to get a hold of, not just for consumers, but also for the people who give them technology. But always check with them to make sure that you're not designing something that they won't use. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that goes with anything. That's that customer validation. Customer validation. Constantly do customer um, validation is what I would say. Yeah. Any last parting show? Well, first of all, how can people find out more about you? Website, social media, um, eHandoff is the name of it. eHandoff.com. Yeah. And you can go to our website. Um, And we actually have offices in Curtis Park. And um, if anybody wants to come visit, we're right across from Gunther's Ice Cream, best ice cream in the city. (laughs) Um, And so they can visit us in our office. Um, but yeah, ehandoff.com. And we'll have links on the show notes for this episode as well. Yeah. So any last shots or thank yous or parting shots anybody out there? Um, well, just, you know, why are you and Laura doing this? 
Why are we? Yeah, so that is a good question and one we probably ask ourselves uh, occasionally. It's because we believe in, uh, you know, I'll speak, I'll speak for myself, and I think the same goes for Laura. We believe that entrepreneurship is is the next is the best way to develop an economy. It's it's how we need to do economic development, and we need to do that by supporting entrepreneurs, by connecting them to the resources they need, to each other, to the funders, to the mentors, to the programs, so they get training. So um, we believe there's a real positive impact that can be made in in society, in our community, and economy as a whole by helping out entrepreneurs. Um, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for what You're you guys welcome. do. Yeah. It's really been fabulous. And it's very rewarding. Uh, we love what we, we love what we do. I think, you know, that's probably the important thing, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And it, you can tell you guys seem to have a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish I could do this full time, but it's a lot yeah. we're, we're a small scrappy nonprofit and we just <laughs> do this basically part time right now. Yeah. That's probably the best advice you can give is uh, be scrappy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for your time, Jocelyn. We appreciate it. And um, good luck. Thank you so much, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. All right.